Welcome to Stop Overthinking, the podcast for overthinkers, people pleasers, and perfectionists who want to feel calm and confident enough to handle whatever life sends your way. I'm your host, Kristen Odegaard, a women's life and mindset coach, lifelong educator, and recovering perfectionist. Hey, you. Hello again. Welcome to episode 12. I can't believe that it has been three months that I have been on this podcasting journey. And thank you to all of you who have been with me from the beginning or joined someplace in between. It has been a great learning experience. I love connecting with so many more people. And I appreciate you passing this podcast on to others as you enjoy it as well. So for today, I'm going to talk a little bit more about body image and my journey into coaching. So if you listen to the very first episode, I talked very briefly about my start into thought work and, and this aspect of coaching that I'm doing now. And it was really tied to weight loss and body image for me. It is not a place that I would suggest other people starting with, but it it's so complicated. And so that's a little bit of, of what I'm going to talk about. So I have, like a lot of people, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. And so I grew up in a culture of low-fat food and diet culture and all different aspects of that. And so there were times with with my body, this was probably, you know, six years ago at at this point when when I first found Brooke Castillo in the Life Coach School podcast. And she had been known for doing some weight loss coaching, but using it for for thought work. And I had really been in a plateau. I have been a fitness person for pretty much my entire life. And so you know, working out, those sort of things weren't the issue with me. I had done one-on-one nutrition coaching and had meal plans and counted macros and done all of those pieces. And I was just completely stuck, had gone through hormones, had different testing and, and things checked. And so I heard this podcast and was like, oh, well, I haven't done this part, so let's give it a try. And like so many other things that I talked about, it like blew my mind. I had so many thoughts that became just factual to me over the years about my body, about food, about how things were supposed to look, you know, what healthy was that I just assumed were facts. And having to untangle this really messy web of how I got to where I got so that I could start shifting and looking at things differently in order to make a change. And what I discovered is that certainly it was it was my my past thinking, but it that got me to that place, but where I was currently. And so a little bit more about my background, I said I had been an athlete most of my life. I started cheerleading and, and gymnastics early on, competitive cheerleading from the from the age of 10. And I did that through two years in college. 
until my ACLs could not handle it anymore in my knees. And like the dance world as, as well, that kind of overlapped with some of that, it is very body focused. And especially when, when I got into college and was constantly told that I was too big and I have a muscular sort of, of body type, you know, I was running, we, we had body fat testing done at that time. I was running 16 to 17% body fat, which is pretty dang lean by most standards. And I, I was too big and that messed with my brain in more ways than, than I could do because that it just became embedded that I was too big. And so as an adult, then when I was no longer 20 years old and no longer in the, you know, mid teens with my, my body fat percentage and I gained weight and things, you know, thing, things shifted and I didn't have the muscle tone that I used to have. It was just loathing of my body because no longer, it wasn't about it just not being big at this point to me, it was just gross that I hated looking in the mirror, that it, you know, if I could dress well, that, that that was okay. But there really became just this disgust with my body and working out to earn food and very distorted views about what I should look like, what normal was. You know, normal is completely subjective and is going to look different to different people. And so I, you know, stayed at, and even as I was done, you know, with, with cheering, I stayed coaching dance. I was working as a fitness instructor for, you know, the next 20 years of my life. And again, there became these standards about what I should look like, what my stomach specifically should look like and how flat it needed to be. And when it didn't meet up with my expectations, then it was just that that I was a failure, that I was doing all of these things and I would eat on plan and work out. And, you know, if I did X and Y and Z, you know, it was supposed to be like an algebraic equation that balanced. That was the perfectionist in me, that if I am doing these things, then I am supposed to get X result. And realistic or not, that is what lined up in my mind. So I had this idea about what was healthy, what healthy looked like, and what that looked like for food, what that looked like for my body, what that looked like for other people. And it was all a bunch of thoughts that were not particularly true. And so, again, hearing this and challenging that, and thinking that there is possibly another way. And even though I had, you know, read other things, heard heard things along, the fact about it challenging my thinking and how my thinking is leading to this loathing, this inadequacy, this, you know, failure. It wasn't so much that the meal plan wasn't working. But it was my whole concept of the the expectations and my story around everything. For me, that just opened up so many doors and opportunities 
And I was like, wow, this makes sense. I can see how my thinking can impact this. And so that's where I started taking a look at some of these layers. And a lot of thought work is like peeling an onion. And there's layers and layers and layers and you discover things. And for me, I just didn't realize how many layers and how deep rooted some of these were in terms of body image. And it was also at a point, so, you know, coming into this time, my daughter would have been, say, around, you know, seven at this point. And so it, it was also a realization for me of, is this the mindset that I want to pass on to my daughter? The answer was no. I recognized enough that I I really had had some issues. And if, you know, logging my food and measuring every meal and doing those sorts of things, it was my idea of healthy. And was that what I wanted, you know, my kids to understand that was healthy and how I could even talk to my daughter about her body in a way that she could appreciate it. It really kind of befuddled me because (laughs) what a word. I don't know where that came from. I didn't even know how to normalize some of the body conversation because my brain didn't go there anymore. It had become so critical, so ridiculous that that I could actually recognize, but I had no idea how to get out of it. So I knew I needed to embrace some of this work because How could I even find the words for her as she was going to, you know, start to mature and develop and just neutralizing the body and to have conversations about being strong and being healthy, again, completely subjective terms and what that was going to look like. So I knew I had to change my internal conversation and I didn't know how. This is where the thought work came in. And, you know, I had this laundry list of things I needed to take a look at, again, what what healthy looked like. I wanted to be able to look in the mirror and not be disgusted. I wanted to be able to put clothes on and not automatically go to the five things that were wrong and that I disliked about it. I wanted to be able to have these conversations, you know, with with both of my kids about bodies and being being normal. And that was not something that I tried talking about it with my my therapist. And and that just wasn't, you know, her her realm. I like I said, I had worked with a nutrition coach and that really wasn't their gear either. So that's where I fell into some of this about taking apart my thoughts. And these were some pretty deep rooted kinds of things. And when it's something as basic as looking in the mirror and only seeing my flaws, what was too big and too saggy and not, not defined enough or whatever. And there were multiple pieces. It was hard to find a a starting point because there were so many things that I wanted to work on. So one of the first things, if for you, if just finding any sort of flaws with yourself, especially with, with your body, is to start to neutralize it. It was way too big of a jump 
for me to go to, you know, I love my body and I'm embracing this and I carried two children and I don't care if my stomach is a little bit saggy. There was no way I could go from, you know, a minus eight to positive eight. There's just too much ground in between there. So it was like kind of climbing out of a pit. And my goal initially was neutral, was to get to, I have a stomach. I have a human stomach. I have a human abdomen that has skin on it. I have two legs. I have two thighs. And, you know, just completely neutralizing this with no adjectives. And so every time when I would look in the mirror, and my brain wanted to find those flaws and find those other things, I, I would redirect, not positive, but to neutral. When it's like, ugh, you know, look at, look at the skin. And it's like, and I have a human body. And I have two legs that I'm standing on right now. And take all of the description out of it. And it sounds really basic. And it is. So it's just, you know, recognizing what your body is saying and or what your mind initially says using the word and and then something that's completely neutral i have two arms okay not that i don't like you know that they're they're flabby or they're you know too white or you know too this or or too whatever just i have i have arms i have skin i have legs i have a butt and just neutralizing and that took weeks for me initially with just taking a look, being able to stand and look at myself in the mirror to a neutral point. And, and I'm talking like for me, this was like literally weeks per body part because it was so, the, the loathing and the negativity that I had with this and this definition of what it should look like and all of the things that were wrong was just so great, so deep and so embedded. So getting to neutral was a lot of work for me. It may not be as much work for you. And hopefully you're not, you know, starting from as, as low of a place that I was. That was the, the first step. And this, you know, my whole premise was like, once I start changing the thoughts about my body, you know, and I can embrace it and hear about, you know, then, you know, I'll be able to love myself. That was another thing that that I had to confront as I was going through this whole thing was it wasn't about getting to a certain shape or size or muscle definition to be able to love myself. I could make a decision that I could do it right now. And holy cow, that challenged me because I thought if I accepted where I was right now, if I accepted it, it means that I had to stay here, that there would be no more change. If I, if I accept it, if I love my body, you know, how tall I am, what I weigh, whatever it is, your hair, your nose, any of, any of those things, like if you accept it, then you are, you know, almost admitting defeat. Like this is good. I have to be okay with this. And so that was a whole nother process then for me to understand accepting where I am right now is just basically not fighting with reality. I'm just going to stop fighting with reality because this is where I am right now. This is the, you know, gravity pressure weight on the scale that I can choose to mean absolutely nothing or not putting the meaning to it, but accepting where I am right now 
And then I get to decide how I want to go from there. And I don't have to be a certain shape or size or anything else in order to accept my body. Like this, this isn't further down the road. I can choose to accept it right now and still want to make changes if I so choose. But fighting with reality about where I'm at is just adding more of a mess to the whole situation. So I hate where I am right now. I'm going to argue with reality. I'm not where I want to be. Doesn't make you any closer to where you want to be. You just added more fuel to the fire. So that was the other piece that I had to start grappling with was accepting where I am right now, you know, at my age, here's my, you know, gravitational pull and, you know, my boobs aren't as high as they used to be and all, you know, all of those pieces that I wanted to be different, that I thought should be different and I couldn't possibly love myself because it wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And here I am right now. This is my body. Here's where I am right now. And I can choose to accept. I couldn't, I wasn't at a point of loving my body. I could choose to accept where I was right now. You might be starting at acceptance and working on love. And I've since moved on that page. So neutralizing that body, neutralizing where you're at, the different body parts, and then also just to stop fighting with reality, with where you are and accepting it and knowing, even if you don't love your body right now, knowing it's a possibility that you could, you could just choose to love everything about your body right now. That messed with my head too. And it's like, oh, but if I love it, like, but I don't love it because it's not the way it's supposed to be. And there's this perfectionist thinking that go back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, so I'm, I'm working on this, but at the same time, I still like, logically, I knew this wasn't working. I was trying to change my thoughts, but there were still these pieces that I thought I will be happier when I get to this goal. You know, so here's my motivation. Here's my dedication. I'm doing all of the right things. So there's just all of these layers and pressure that I was was putting on myself. And for me to be able to just let go and accept, here's where I am right now. Here is what this body that has been you know, thrown in the air and dropped on the ground and dropped in my head more times than I can possibly count, worn more ice packs than I can possibly count, you know, carried two eight and a half pound babies and here's where I'm at. And that's just it. And accepting of here's where I'm at. But in the background, it's still running like, oh, but you'll be happier. You know, if you were 10 pounds, 15 pounds lighter, if your tummy was firmer, if your butt was a little bit firmer and higher, they're just constantly those things. And being able to shut down some of those thoughts when they have been running on repeat at this point for, you know, 30 years of my life. And you have to recognize, depending on how old you are and how long they've been running and how deep those are, it can be a process to turn some of that down. So this is one of the reasons that... I don't do weight loss coaching predominantly. It's some sometimes things that we talk about and we will talk about body image. 
is because for so many people, weight loss coaching is so much more than what you're eating and your exercise that it is tied into, again, what do you think is healthy? What is your relationship with food and the 10,000 thoughts that go with that? What is the relationship that you have with your body and ideal body image and those, those sorts of things that digging through there becomes really, really complicated. And it's not that it can't be done. It's that most people I have found, it is a really, really long process. Everybody has done everything up until this point. And the thought work is, is every bit as difficult as lifting the wings, as going on the walk, as, you know, getting your butt in the door for the, it, it is every bit as difficult and emotionally can be really challenging. And a lot of people are ready or willing to do that part of the work. I wasn't for a long, long time either. It was no, just give me a, you know, give me something different. And if I lift harder, if I add an extra day of cardio, if I, on the flip side, add a rest day, if I change things, I, I want to keep, you know, tinkering around the edges and, and doing all of these external things because I don't want to deal with the internal chatter in my mind. So if you're at a place where you've tried lots of things, then you might want to consider starting with some of this thought work and neutralizing things and accepting your body for where you're at and starting to untangle all of the thoughts that you have regarding your body and health and eating. And if you have even dabbled with some of the thought work here, you can still keep going. This, this is an ongoing process for me. And there have been some thoughts and things that are, are so deep that have wounded me so much that I've, I mean, I, I've even gone to, you know, hypnosis and energy healing and different things because it is so deep and so ingrained and has been so painful for me to work through. And it's taken a really, really long time. So I really hope that as like I said, coming coming necessarily from the place that that I was at. But our socialization about how we should look, about the models and the comparisons, especially now with social media, is just, you know, constantly in and things that are airbrushed. There is definitely a body positivity movement. And there are a whole lot of people that are stuck in the middle thinking I should think differently, but I don't. And there's shame and there's guilt and there's frustration built in with that. And if that's you, you can move through it. It is absolutely a process and it will take some time. And if that is a place where you're going, I have some other coaches that work just on this that I would even refer you out to. Otherwise, I do, we do weave this in with some of my clients, but for me, is such a personal journey as well, and one that I'm still actively working through. There's pieces that I think other people are at a further along place in in the journey that are better equipped, you know, to help with this specific piece. Because I'm still coaching on it, I'm still working with people on it to making to make this decision to heal my body from the inside out. And there has definitely been progression. 
and I can look at look in the mirror now and it's like, no, okay, I'm not loving it. Okay. But it is so much better than where I started. And I also was able to take a look and, and respect my body enough, accept where I was enough that for the last two years, I've been on a, a physical healing journey as well, that I was going to stop working through pain and actually heal things. And that means that I had to stop workouts, invest a whole bunch of time and effort and money into physical therapy and healing on my shoulder to avoid that had overuse injuries and avoid surgery. And that I was going to do this on my my own way. And knowing that if I had to, you know, essentially take my, my right arm out of the equation for workouts, that my body was going to change again. So for me to be able to get to the point to not just accept where I was now, but wanting to heal my body then, and then knowing that there were going to be some changes that I didn't necessarily perceive as positive from one aspect and being okay with that, that I'm probably going to gain weight. I'm going to lose muscle tone. I'm going to lose endurance because this is going to be months and months of work, be able to build this back up. So for me, that is a huge arc to be able to get to. And I'm finally, finally at, at a place because of course, then it wasn't just my shoulder. We started going through my whole kinetic chain. I love my team at Dynamic Physiotherapy, working through my whole kinetic chain of let's just fix this. And from my hips and my knees and, you know, change lifting patterns and start doing, doing things right. And I'm, you know, excited that I'm finally at a point I have, I love swimming. I'm, I'm a fish. I have not done laps in a pool in over two years. And I'm finally at a point where my right shoulder can handle that repetitive movement to, to an extent. And so I'm, excited to get back in, in the pool. And you know what? It is not going to be where, where I left off. And I have to be okay with that too. So you can see from, from the journey, I would have never thought when I started all of these years ago that success was going to look like being able to finally get in the pool again after that was a regular part of my movement. So you being able to let go of what you think the end result is, is also part of this. And we all have our manuals. I've, I've talked about the shoulds a lot of times. We all have our manuals about what it should be, what it should look like, what I should look like. And to release that completely, to accept what is and take the next step forward that makes sense right now, even if that doesn't look anything like the goals that you thought they were going to be. So again, releasing those expectations. So if this resonates in any part with you, I hear you, I'm with you, I've been there. This this has been the most difficult thought work that I have done simply because of my background, the socialization that that I had over years and years of, we said, you know, diet culture and pictures and the the fitness industry. And I can blame it on all sorts of things, but ultimately it was the stories that I put together and the perfectionistic thinking of 
unless it looks exactly the way I think it should be, it's a failure. And for me, this, this has been my, you know, a, a big piece of my journey along with that, because once you get into that thought work and recognize patterns, then of course I can apply it to all sorts of other parts of my life. And this is again, where I was able to see, whoa, I need to be able to release my grip on my expectations and that goals, how I look at goals, whether or not they're attainable and what is success and what is failure. From there, it branched off completely for me. This was just an episode about how thought work isn't just about getting to positivity, how you can use it in any aspect of your life. And if there are things that are really deep for you, that yes, coaching can help you. Again, it may not necessarily be me for certain certain pieces. And if that's the case, then I have some great colleagues and other people that I have worked with that I can refer you to as well. If this is something that you want to talk more about, I'm happy to talk to people and we'll we'll see. I can give you some hints maybe to just to get started on your journey as well. So it is June it's summer. I am loving being outside and getting more movement again. Finally, I hope that the the sunshine is also a boost for you or being outside or longer days. School is ending. So as you transition into the summer season, just notice what you're, you're thinking about and the feelings that that brings up because Everything comes back to our thoughts and our feelings, giving us our actions and the results and how we show up every single day. So have a great week, everybody, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Stop Overthinking Podcast with Kristen O'Dorn. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone else who would benefit from the message. To learn more about working with me and links to social media and free resources, head over to my website, coachwithkristen.com. That's Kristen, spelled K-R-I-S-T-E-N. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes. Have a great week.